I invite you to remain standing as today we read from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with verse 31, these words from our Lord Jesus Christ for each one of us. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. This is the word of God for the people of God. We once again say a word of greeting this morning to all of you. We're thankful for your presence today. We say a special word to those in Hollis and Kirby and Crossett, as well as those who are in hospitals across the state of Arkansas and homebound as well. We are thankful to have everyone who is a part of our service of worship in one way or another to be present with us today. You'll notice on the back of your order of service, we are in need of money for Wakefield Elementary School, for backpacks, and for different supplies along the way, as well as volunteers to help uh, during the school year with children and reading. Susan and I are volunteers at Wakefield every week. It is a privilege to be able to be a part of that. And if you have an interest, please look on our website or call the church. We'll be happy to provide you with information. We need your generosity. We need your time. We need your energy. And we need your effort. These are young people who need us. We are going to be there for them as we always have been. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day, and work your will in our lives. Amen. The Apple Company started in a garage. It became the largest of computer companies, now worth over a trillion dollars. Amazon started as an online bookstore, and in its first few years of existence, it did not turn a profit. And now the CEO of Amazon is worth several billion dollars. In fact, it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars. The telephone was invented in 1876. Only the wealthiest of the wealthy could even imagine having something like that in their home. And now we all carry with us, everywhere we go, the capacity to communicate with anyone, anywhere, at any time. The telephone certainly has evolved. All of these businesses, these inventions, started small, and now they have grown into something enormous, something that, quite frankly, many of us can no longer imagine living without. What would it be like to live without our cell phone? Oh, we could only imagine the joy, right? Small things sometimes emerge into life-changing opportunities. Jesus tells us a parable, a parable about a mustard seed. 
that is small, but when planted and nurtured, grows into a great big shrub. He also tells us about a little bit of yeast mixed with the right ingredients that can produce a staggering amount for people to eat. Those things that are small, says Jesus, with God's help, can do the most extraordinary of things to benefit the rest of us. Think about it for a moment. There are things in life that we experience that are very small to begin with, but we have become beneficiaries as a result. Think about the church. The book of Acts tells us when the church was born into existence, there were only 120 Christians. Now there are two and a half billion Christians worldwide. The church started very small, an infinitesimal number of people compared to the overall population. And look what has happened as a result through human history. We think about those small things that are so meaningful and so powerful in our own lives. And Jesus says, that's what the kingdom of God is like. That pervasive reign of God, the kingdom of heaven, the interchangeable words, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. Matthew says, kingdom of heaven, when the other gospel writers say kingdom of God. And the reason Matthew uses heaven instead of God is Matthew's audience is a Jewish audience and good Jews believe they did not have the right to utter the name of God. They were not worthy. So in Matthew's gospel, Jesus makes reference to the kingdom of heaven. It is interchangeable with the kingdom of God. It is something that can be very small, can seem rather inconsequential, but by God's great power, it can grow into something that is life-changing for all of humanity. So we never discount the small things we do as followers of Jesus Christ that can have a profound effect well beyond anything we could possibly imagine. Now, it's interesting that Jesus would choose a mustard seed and yeast to describe those things that can start small and become great and powerful because in Jesus' day and time, mustard seed shrubs were a nuisance. They were not something that people wanted around. They dug them up, they got rid of them. And yet Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that grows into a great shrub. Jesus talks about yeast. But for good Jews, yeast was a symbol of evil. The book of Leviticus says, if you are going to present a food offering to God, do not put yeast in it. Remember what Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. So here is Jesus using two symbols, if you will, of things that are a nuisance, bothersome, burdensome, getting in the way, things that normally are considered unappealing. And Jesus uses those very things that are considered unappealing to say those very things can do something great and good by the power of God for the sake of the kingdom. They can grow the kingdom. 
And if you look at Jesus' ministry, oftentimes he took those things or those people that were unattractive or unappealing and used them for great good. If you read the Gospel of Luke time and time again, Jesus uses women as an example of faith. Not that women in Jesus' day and time were unappealing, but women had no power. They didn't have authority. They were one who belonged to someone else, who had a clear function. Their job was to take care of their husband, that have babies. We look at that and we wonder how, but that was the culture in which they lived. They didn't have power. They didn't have authority. But Jesus used those very women oftentimes to be an example to everybody else of what faith looked like. A woman with a flow of blood who gets rid of everything to come into the presence of Jesus, risking it all, and she is made well. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. You're a daughter of Abraham. There's a woman who washes the feet of Jesus with her hair and her tears, and everybody else is critical because she uses a costly ointment. And Jesus says, you better be like her. She gets it. She is preparing my body for burial. You guys don't understand, but this woman does. Jesus used children. Remember in the culture in the day and time in which Jesus lived, children were considered a burden until they were old enough to pitch in and help. They were just an extra burden in a world that was difficult enough. And Jesus says, I got to tell you something. All you adults out there, if you want to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, you've got to be like a child. Children had no power. They didn't have any authority. They were literally and figuratively looked down upon. And Jesus said, but you got to be like that if you want to be a part of the kingdom. Jesus elevated women of ill repute. Remember, there are those self-righteous who are standing around going, mm, mm, mm. Look at Jesus talking to those women. And Jesus said, let me tell you something, self-righteous people. These women are going to get to heaven before you do. Now, when you tell a self-righteous person that, how do you think they're going to respond? we got to kill this guy. Jesus ate with tax collectors. You talk about unappealing. Jesus found a way to take those things or those people that the rest of us might have looked down upon or frowned upon and used them as an example of what it means to be a part of the kingdom and how the kingdom can grow as a result, which means, of course, that all of us then fit in to the capacity to make the kingdom grow. For those of us who are attractive, and those of us who are not particularly attractive, and those of us who are smart, and those of us who are not particularly smart, and those of us who have a lot of money, and those of us who don't have much, guess what? The kingdom is all about all of us, and all of us can play a role in doing something to grow the kingdom of heaven, says Jesus. Even a nasty old shrub, even yeast that has been used in the past to symbolize evil, those things can do great good, and that means you can too. Sometimes the most unappealing of things can be so incredibly important for us. There are those of us in this room, not everybody, but there are those of us in this room, in this beautiful sanctuary, who are old enough to remember the days when you actually had to go to the bank to make a deposit. You remember that? 
I mean, you went in the bank to get a withdrawal or a deposit, and you went up to a desk, and there were deposit slips and withdrawal slips, and you had to fill it out along with everybody else who was doing the same thing long before the online days. And do you remember there was always a pen there? You remember that pen always had a chain on it? Somehow, that pen was the ugliest pen you can imagine, and there was a chain on it like all of us would steal it. You remember that, right? Now, let me tell you about that pen. Those pens were called Skillcraft pens, unattractive, but they worked like a charm. Skillcraft pens were made by blind people in Wisconsin and North Carolina, and they had to meet strict criteria. A Skillcraft pen had to have enough ink in it to last as if you had drawn it for an entire mile. A Skillcraft pen had to be able to write upside down. They were used by pilots and airplanes when they lost their way who could use it to navigate with a map upside down. Skillcraft pens had to work in temperatures 40 degrees below zero and as much as 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Skillcraft pens were made intentionally to be used in battle also just in case there needed to be an emergency tracheotomy you used a Skillcraft pen. Now, who could have imagined this pen that was on the end of a chain that was so unappealing could do the most extraordinary of things and were made intentionally just for that? You are made intentionally just for that, to do great things that sometimes you might consider small, insignificant, not that important, but you never know how God is going to use you to grow the kingdom of heaven in the simplest of ways or the most complex of ways and everything in between. I was serving a church in Texas one time, and one Sunday we had a young African student show up. His name was Alfred. Alfred was in school an hour away. He had never been to a Methodist church before and just decided to get online and find a Methodist church. And interestingly enough, he found our church. And he came one Sunday morning and he didn't look like anybody else. He didn't talk like anybody else. At the end of the service, he was so excited he came up to me and introduced himself. I said, Alfred, we are so glad to have you here. What can we do? He said, you've already done it. I said, what have we done? You shook my hand. Nobody shakes my hand. These people shook my hand and shook my hand. It feels so good. Alfred started coming. Alfred quit the school he was going to, to go to school close to the church. Alfred is now a pastor of a mega church in Africa that is United Methodist. Now you all, it started, think about this. It started when someone shook his hand. Shook his hand. You talk about growing the kingdom, it's like a mustard seed, a little bitty thing. It's a handshake. Oh, but it's not a little bitty thing. It grows into something bigger and something bigger and something bigger and something great and good for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Something as small and insignificant as a signature 
on a peace treaty can stop a war. It's just a signature, but no more death, no more destruction. Something as small as a tiny incision can relieve a staggering amount of pain. Something as little as a handful of people getting together and holding each other accountable spiritually can create a movement called the Methodist movement that would eventually birth an entire denomination. See, it's not always something big and grand. Sometimes Jesus tells us it's small, it's unappealing, it's not particularly attractive. But you let God go to work and you do your part and it is amazing what can happen as a result. I think sometimes those of us who come to church and those of us who don't believe we really don't have that much to offer. We're maybe not theologically trained. We don't like to stand up in front of people and talk. We don't have beautiful singing voices. We don't have some of those things that all these other people seem to have. So I don't know that God can really use me that much. You never know. That is not true. Everybody qualifies. Everybody is capable. And it doesn't matter what you've done or left undone. I remember a long time ago, I was talking to a woman who was in my church, and she had a son she believed to be a wayward son. He was now in his mid-20s, and he had made some pretty poor decisions along the way. And she prayed for him daily. She said, I just want him to come back. I just want him to come back. And she meant back to the faith. He grew up in the church. He was a part of the church. I just want him to come back. I pray for him daily. I was in that church for several years, and several years went by, and finally one Sunday she came to me and she said, I've got to tell you my prayers have been answered. Something so small has changed my son's life, and now he's back. I said, well, what happened? She said he went to a church for whatever reason one Sunday. He hadn't been to church in years, but he showed up in church, and they had a prayer of confession. And in the prayer of confession it said, God, for many of us, we have left undone what we should have done and what we shouldn't have done, we did. Forgive us. And she said, my son called me and said, if that church is filled with people like that, I'm one of them. I want to be a part of a church like that. It was just a small sentence in a prayer of confession in an hour-long service of worship. But that small sentence resonated with him. He connected with it. You mean there are people around me sitting here worshiping God as well, singing these hymns and offering these prayers and listening intently who have really messed up? They did what they shouldn't have done and what they should have done they didn't do? I want to be a part of something like that. Well, guess what? Every church is just like that. So God can use you, and God can use me. And you never know. It could be a handshake. It could be a hug. It could be a hello. It could be tutoring. It could be volunteering. It could be who knows what. But you never know that small little gift that you give someone else that you may never even know you give can be like a mustard seed grow into a great shrub or like a little bit of yeast mixed with the right ingredients can accomplish great good. For all of us, Jesus reminds us that what oftentimes may be inconsequential, even in our own lives, can have the greatest of consequences for the sake of the kingdom of heaven.
We do what we do because we are who we are. We are people who believe in one who is the Savior, who came into the world, who dealt with all kinds of folks that the rest of us frowned upon. And those folk are the very ones who became an example of what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. So you hang in there and you plug away. You keep involving yourself in the life of the church. You keep trying to do the little things and the big things for the sake of the kingdom. And you never know, the results will be extraordinary. We're growing the kingdom. The kingdom needs to grow. It's on us. Stick out a hand. Say good morning. Do something this week intentionally for the greater good of someone else. It will take root. It will produce. It will be life-changing. Hallelujah. Amen.